Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Yes, thank you very much for joining us today. I wanted to do uh, one last uh, episode on what we've been talking about with the FTX scandal and the Sam Bankman-Fried saga. A couple things, follow-up thoughts, a correction, and Sam Bankman-Fried finally speaks. So we're going to just touch on those couple things to make sure you get the whole scope of this thing that warrants a lot of investigation, a lot of skepticism, a lot of questions, no matter no matter where that may lead. Quick correction from yesterday. I said in the last episode that the venture capital firm Sequoia Capital invested $213 million in FTX. And then I misspoke saying that Sam... And FTX invested five million back to Sequoia Capital. I meant to say five hundred million. Okay, so hopefully that makes it a little crazier. Sequoia Capital gave FTX two hundred thirteen million, and then a couple months later, Sequoia Capital gets five hundred million from FTX. I wanted to make that correction because I heard myself say the wrong number. Sam Bankman-Fried started doing some interviews. I've included what I could find in the description. And there are a bunch up on YouTube as well. As you listen to this gentleman do damage control and just answer questions in the face of his company going from hero to zero, we need to remember a few things. You need to remember that this is an MIT graduate, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, which is the number two ranked best global university in the world, according to U.S. News and World Report. It's the number four ranked best engineering school on the planet, according to the U.S. News and World Report. Keep that in mind as we look at a few of the kid geniuses' answers here. MIT graduate, and just as a point of reference, if you think I've uttered something smart and intelligent on this podcast at, at some point, I only got accepted into one college out of the five I applied to. I got accepted on academic probation, and I was only probably accepted because the new soccer coach was looking to rebuild the program. So if at any point my public school education and my six college credits worth of education sounded smart, just imagine how an MIT graduate would sound, all right, and would answer questions. So when Sam, the MIT graduate, was asked about the FTX's bookkeeping possible backdoor, he expressed surprise at the very idea, quote, and this is something I would be doing, question mark, he asked. That I can tell you is definitely not true. I don't even know how to code. I literally never opened the code for any of FTX, end quote. Pretty sure you don't have to say literally, but again, I'm not the MIT graduate here. But he doesn't know how to code, apparently. Fourth best engineering school in the world. I guess they weren't teaching coding. And when asked about campaign donations to the Democrats, the MIT graduate, who was the second biggest donor to the Democrats behind George Soros, replied, I donated about the same to both parties. All of my Republican donations were dark, end quote. So does that make, does that make sense to anybody listening? The number two donor to the Democratic Party behind George Soros gave equal amounts of money to the Republican Party? I mean... Two things here. One, if that's true, you need to ask the follow-up question, why would these crypto billionaire people be greasing the skids on both sides? That would lead me to believe that, that there's no difference between these two parties. That's a whole separate other road you need to go down. 
or he's lying. So either way, it's bad for Sam, okay? Even though I've donated millions and millions of dollars to the Democrats, apparently he gave the same amount to the Republicans. He just did it dark. All right, that makes sense. These, these interviews are proving very valuable. They're really shining a light, and this transparency is just opening up. I think we're all starting to wrap our heads around exactly what was going on and exactly what Sam here was thinking. And when the graduate of the number two ranked university on the planet was asked about Ukraine, he responded, quote, the Ukraine one? Question mark. I wish I could have pulled that one off. I wish. I didn't fully understand the goal of it. I was helping Ukraine launder funds for the Democratic Party? Question mark. I don't know why Ukraine is laundering funds for the Democratic Party. I don't know how they would or why they would. End quote. Hmm. Well, that really cleared up all the rumors about money laundering. I couldn't have pulled that off. It's not like I went to one of the best fucking universities on the planet. I couldn't have pulled that off. I mean, the engineering that would have needed to be done to pull that off, you would have to go to like the number one ranked engineering school on the planet. And I only went to the number four ranked engineering school on the planet. And finally, when the engineering graduate was asked about his own finances, the math whiz replied, Quote, am I allowed to say a negative number? Question mark. I mean, I have no idea. I don't know. I had $100,000 in my bank account last time I checked. It's complicated. Basically, everything I had was tied up in the company. End quote. I mean, you can't argue with this just precision accounting of just everything in his life, his great memory and everything else. MIT must be so proud. Is he full of shit or is MIT overrated? I guess that's the next question you got to ask yourself, right? Is Sam Bankman-Fried smart enough to scam everyone and enrich himself while helping the political party that helped him get rich? Or is MIT the number two university on the planet, the number four friggin' engineering school on the planet that only accepts 7% of its applicants? Like that costs $79,850 a year. That has a graduation rate at 94%, right? Is Sam smart enough to... Scam everyone or is MIT overrated? And the graduates there are so dumb that they can just make $26 billion by mistake and then lose it all. Well, except for that $1 billion personal loan he gave himself. I don't know. I'll let you guys judge his explanation and whether you believe it or not. So check out the interviews in the description and you can also search YouTube and just oh, use your eyeball test. All right. Lastly, a couple leftover items I just wanted to mention before we wrap this one up for good. One, the U.S. government's security assistance to Ukraine as of November 15th, 2022, has surpassed $98 billion. Okay, so just everyone keep that in mind when they don't have any money to give you health care. They don't have any money to help homelessness. They don't have any money to do anything that would actually help the people. We just found $98 billion and just sent it over to Ukraine to help in humanitarian aid and security assistance to a fucking war we started that we helped facilitate. So $98 billion. Whew. And just a quick follow-up on the Ukrainian fundraising through FTX. It was a little bit hard to understand, so I just wanted to just maybe say it, say it in a different way to hopefully make it a little bit easier to follow. In March 2022, FTX was approached by a Ukrainian official who requested help to set up crypto donations to fund the war. Okay, so Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX agreed to set up a donation portal on the FTX website. 
So how this would work is businesses and citizens from around the world could donate any amount of any type of cryptocurrency to FTX. Okay, so Ukraine promised to convert all the cryptocurrencies into their local currency and subsequently buy war equipment with it. Okay, so that's how FTX helped transfer all that crypto into money and then give it to Ukraine to buy fucking bullets and whatever. Estimates say $200 million in donations were raised, but from the $200 million, only $22 million were officially used. So only $22 million of the 200 can be accounted for that Ukraine actually used to buy some shit to fight a war. Again, public school education, but that leaves the question, the remaining $178 million, where'd that go? Also another little tidbit, FTX, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, actually funded the TOGETHER trial, which sought to identify effective repurposed therapies to prevent the disease progression of COVID-19. So they used fraudulent trial protocols, and this trial concluded that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were useless. And of course, to get out ahead of the criticism of this study, the trial was given Trial of the Year Award for Excellence. Also, Sam Bankman-Fried reportedly visited the White House on several occasions and is said to have consulted with the Biden administration on crypto regulation. FTX is also a partner at the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum has now scrubbed FTX from its partner list, but an archived link confirms the relationship. I'll include that in the description as well. And finally, there's one other thing I'd like you to consider. If we take what we learned from Operation Mockingbird, would you put it past the government and the CIA to create this crypto crisis, to create this just scandal of just of this magnitude, to use this as a gateway for crypto regulation, right? Or, or worse yet, a, a central bank digital currency that's controlled by the government? Okay, the whole point of crypto when it was first introduced was it was free and clear of government regulation. The, the central banks couldn't manipulate it. Okay, the government, it, 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 was, it, was the, it was supposed to be the people's answer for a shit monetary system and, and inflationary currencies and all the, all the stuff that we talk about on a daily basis, right? Crypto is supposed to be the answer to that. So it's a non-correlated asset. So it wasn't tied to anything. It just existed on its own. It was safe. It was secure. It was secret. You couldn't see what you were doing. You could move money around. That's why criminals and money laundering and all the bad shit in the world uses crypto because you can transact anonymously. So that was the whole point of crypto. And obviously for a government, that's its worst nightmare because they, they want to know what's going on so they can tax it. They don't want you having freedom to transact with other people without them getting their fucking little dirty fingers on your money. Why do you think the use of cash is just being suppressed? Why is there a national coin shortage? Why is why are they making it so hard to use cash? Because they can't track cash. They hate cash. They just changed the law. So when you deposit more than $500 at your bank, you got to fill out a form that goes to the government. Why are they doing that? They don't like you having the freedom to transact with people. And crypto was going to be the answer to that. If you want total control, a government digital currency would be the way. You can control everything. And I'll let you ponder that. And I'll leave you with a quote from the Daily Skeptic's Joshua Stillman on his concerns about a central bank digital currency. Given the ubiquity of credit and debit cards, payment apps, and other online payment systems, digital money has been bound to happen for some time. 
The risk isn't the electronic part, that's inevitable. It's the fact that a central bank will oversee the digital currency. From my vantage point, it's impossible to overstate the risk presented by a central bank digital currency. Whether it's a utopian vision based on good intentions or a sinister plot to crush our sovereignty, the results may be the same. Control. A central bank digital currency has all of the downside of fiat money, plus an added layer of surveillance and programmability overseen by the state. If central bank digital currency ultimately becomes the new monetary system, its core features will make it so that world governments will no longer need something like a global health crisis to print money or to close society. Lines of code can shape our behavior and ensure we are forced to stay home. The entire platform will be designed to expel labor that is no longer deemed necessary. Central bank digital currency will enable government to impose top-down control, a la the Chinese social credit score. Some central bankers are even saying the quiet part out loud, whether or not this is the program's objective. Has there ever been a time in history when governments rejected the power they are given? At this stage, this isn't some tinfoil hat theorizing either.